Hi, and welcome to The Strad Podcast. I'm Davina Shum, I'm a cellist, and I'm the online editor at The Strad. This episode features cello and piano duo David Finkel and Wu Han. David and Wu Han have been married since 1985, and this year are celebrating 20 years of their brainchild, Music at Menlo Chamber Music Festival and Institute. In 20 years, they've seen countless alumni from their Chamber Music Institute go on to create their own programs, bringing music to new audiences worldwide. How do you empower the next generation of musicians? David and Wuhan chatted to me recently about this, as well as some memorable ways Menlo has shaped the careers of alumni. Plus, we also spoke about a certain cello sonata that is very dear to their hearts. Have a listen. David and Wuhan, thanks for joining me today here on the Strad Podcast. So we're here to talk about 20 years of music at Menlo, Chamber Music Festival and Institute, which is taking place this summer. So 20 years, I imagine you guys have probably got some really good stories about the time that the festival's been running. You've probably got a list of impressive alumni who are doing wonderful musical outreach programs around the globe. So my first question for David, and let me just say, first of all, it's quite surreal for me to speak to you because I'm a cellist and I used to watch your tutorial videos when I was studying about 10, 15 years ago. (laughs) Tell me about what kind of environment do you wish to foster at Menlo to help empower the next generation of musicians? What we look for when we are engineering an environment, whether it's in a particular concert hall or a festival or even in a master class is that you have to make something that's conducive to learning, that encourages real engagement uh, in an unguarded way with the art form, which allows people to open themselves up to new possibilities. And in order to do that, I believe that we need to present our subject matter, which is our music, in the most engaging and fascinating ways, which inspire intense curiosity among everybody from students to audience to even to our own colleagues. So at Menlo, we tried to create that atmosphere by the quality of the concerts, the the intellectual content of our lecturers and spoken events, and just simply by the atmosphere in the concert hall where everybody is coming together for the same purpose, which is to discover and enjoy great music. Yeah. It's that great feeling of of a buzz at festivals. As you say, everyone's coming together for that single purpose. Wuhan, I wanted to ask you, do you have any memorable experiences of alumni who have really found their feet at Menlo in a transformative or quite inspiring way? Uh, Of course, I can tell you that Menlo, because we're the Silicon Valley, it's three generations of musicians gathered during the summertime, and you can't help yourself to be influenced and inspired by others. There's so many stories and so many great memories. It's really hard to pick which one. This extraordinary uh, young pianist, Gloria Chan, that came to us when she was 29 years old. She was just graduated from college, has been working a little bit, and she was a little lost and weren't quite sure if she was staying music. And, you know, it's one of those things that for young musicians, when you are in your late 20s, which is the most difficult time, 
you really have to make a living, make a commitment for yourself. Gloria was here one summer. She was so excited by uh, inspired by music making. She called me up after the festival. She said, "I have never been so happy in my life, hearing concert night after night, hearing the senior musician talk about their life in music, seeing the generosity of the community, seeing how the community can get together and and change everybody's、uh, cultural life." That just the most fantastic、uh, environment. I want to do that. How? What can I do? So fast forward. This is probably fifteen years later. Gloria now is the artistic director for Chamber Music Northwest, one of the largest chamber music festival in Portland, Oregon. She met her husband here in Menlo, fell in love. They went to Vermont,、uh, Burlington. They started. A festival called Lake Champlain Chamber Music Festival. So, in during the、uh, summertime, she runs two festivals together. During the year,、um, she started out right after she left Menlo. She was teaching in Chattanooga,、uh, in a university. She went to the provost and the president and said, "I would like to start a concert series right here in Chattanooga." They all look at her like she's crazy, just like they look at me and David twenty years ago in Menlo. They all thought we were crazy too. She started the project in Chattanooga. It's a eight concert series、um, during the year. So now she is the busiest person、uh, on earth. She's playing lots and lots of concerts. She's helping many many young musicians. She was the international performers on two thousand six, and then she also came back、uh, to help me and David run the institute for a long time until she got all these summer、uh, important positions.、Uh, she was in Menlo. She learned how to really、uh, do the administrative part of this kind of work. One thing was extraordinary during the pandemic, as you know, everybody shut down. She started a project called the Notes of Hope in Boston, Massachusetts, where she lived. She broadcast, I don't know how many concerts. She called everybody in Boston area, all her friends, all the musicians from New England Conservatory, from Boston Symphony. She got everybody to come on board every night to play a concert for two hospital, and she broadcast. I think for almost two months straight. And it's one of the most touching things I have ever watched.、Yeah. It's something about not only making music together, also contributing your life to common goods for the society. I think that's something we're very, very keen on and very much celebrated in Menlo. Right now, Menlo has thirty different projects like this. Out of thirty different alumni, there were people starting concert series. There were people starting. Chamber orchestras. There are people start chamber music society, and、uh, it's just a wonderful time to see the young musician take charge of their own destiny. I think the wonderful thing about these festivals is that quite often they are a catalyst for further action, and then from there, sort of the springboard into, as you say, starting up these new projects around the world. David, can I ask you what's one memorable project that you remember stemmed from Menlo? I think one of the most touching projects that I've seen emerge from our alumni at Menlo is the series in in Reno, Nevada, 
which is called Apex Concerts now. It was started by cellist Dimitri Atapin and his wife, uh, Young Park. They are also a cello-piano duo, like, like Juan and me. And they basically formed a chamber music series, which is now in its 11th or 12th season, from scratch at the university. I don't know if you've ever been to Reno, Nevada. No, I only know it as like casinos and gambling, right? <laughs> yeah, you can get out of the airplane and start gambling in the, in the uh, jetway already. But basically, it's, it's kind of a... <laughs> Uh, it's it's beautiful, but it's a little bit of a desert-like environment. And so the, the fact that this thing grew out of the sand of, of Nevada to become a, a really, really important chamber music festival is something that I'm, I'm so proud of those two kids. I still call them kids. They're, they're full adults now, but I, they'll always be our kids <laughs> in some way. And, you know, we, we have a phrase that we use here at Menlo. We call it the Menlo effect. And we've seen it happen again and again, where people come here and they immerse themselves because we have them as our prisoners for three weeks. We're able to shut out uh, the real world, as it were, and, and have people focus on the finest that humanity has produced, which is a privilege. I like to actually say that is the real world. The rest of it is all fake. But um, the, the, the Menlo effect uh, can happen here because people realize that this is possible to do. They see us doing it. They see people around them making it happen. And as my great inspiration, my great mentor, my, my teacher, Mr. Slav Rostropovich, said on many occasions that his most important objective in his own teaching was to convince his students that nothing was impossible. And he lived that himself. He did it himself. All you had to do is to look at him and realize, for this guy, nothing is impossible. And so he felt it his job to impart that to his students. And I think somehow, without making too much of, a, of an obsession of it at Menlo, I think we're doing that. That people come here, they see that, yeah, this is possible. I can do this. It's chamber music. It doesn't take operas, operatic sets and casts of thousands. We can make this happen with a few people. And if David Wuhan can do it, why can't we do it where we are? So that that is the Menlo effect. And as Wuhan said, uh, in some 30 instances all around the world, the Menlo effect has taken hold in communities and spread the kind of gospel of the enjoyment and reverence for chamber music and great music uh, all over the world. A bit of a ripple effect, isn't it? And I think it's very key having those role models that represent what you stand for and what you want to do, just to, to show, as you say, that it's possible. Wuhan, what's one piece of advice that you would give to young musicians today wanting to start up a new musical outreach program? I think one thing, uh, the most important thing is if you want to start any project, artistic excellence should always be your top priority. Nothing else should be as important as that. I have seen a lot of kids start out projects and they're busy building their website, they're busy trying to spiff up the uh, marketing tool. They're, of course, it's all necessary. Absolutely, don't get me wrong, that's all necessary. But you have to know your deep belief and your deep commitment to artistic excellence will be the catalyst of inspiring everyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is the key. You know, you can play in the middle of a classroom, but if something is so extraordinary happen, 
you know people will be touched. I always encourage them. Of course, you should have this, you should have that, but you should always focus what's going to happen on that stage, and that excellence is sort of key word for your audience to want to be with you over and over. I think the biggest mistake everybody usually make is underestimate the audience's intelligence. Audience are very very smart. They recognize. Even they can't put words in there. If they see something extraordinary, they will want to come back. I think that's a very important element from the very first day of Menlo. That was always been our focus. And when we hit first season twenty years ago, suddenly we had, we hit a ninety five percent capacity in very very short time. It's supposed to be five years the business plan. We hit that and. Everybody is telling us they have never heard concert play so well, and they have never seen so much joy coming from stage. They have never felt such incredible energy. That's where everybody should be focused on. Don't worry about publicity. Don't worry about making money. Don't worry about you know. Of course, you will. You can't help yourself. But focus yourself. Really devote yourself. To that artistic excellence element. It's about artistic integrity and also authenticity as well, because I think that will really shine through, and that、All、is、right. what audiences do pick up on, even if they can't say, as as you mentioned earlier. I've got one off the cuff question for both of you, because you guys are a cello piano duo. What's your favorite piece of repertoire for the instrumentation to perform? Now I understand this might be a different、oh, answer for both of、wow. you. <laughs> Oh well, I have so many. Okay, I think cello sonatas are actually are the most difficult for pianists because think about it, a lot of cello sonata are written by great pianists. Rachmaninoff from Beethoven, Rachmaninoff, Chopin, <laughs> uh, uh, Saint-Saëns.、Uh, you you can just go on and on. A Greek, they're all、yep. pianists, and and the combination of Great piano part and the singing cello—it's an unbeatable thing.、Mm. Everybody always loved cello sonatas. I would say the first piece I learned together with David it has a very special place in in my heart. That is the Chopin cello sonata. It's stormy, it's dramatic, it's passionate, and that slow movement is like the oasis、yeah. in the storm. And it's so beautiful. Only three lines: my right hand, left hand, and cello. And it's a movement that you can't rehearse. If you rehearse, you're in trouble. <laughs> you can't take it apart. You you have to play with all your heart and all your sensibility.、Yeah. And I think that's how I fell in love with David. So Chopin cello sonata will be my pick. That's really nice, David. What's your answer <laughs> to my behemoth of a question? <laughs> so since Wuhan just stole my favorite sonata. <laughs> um, I no, I could, I could approach that、uh, Chopin sonata choice from from a slightly different perspective. And of course, whatever she said was absolutely true. It was the first piece that we we learned together, and it brought us very close together、uh, musically and personally.、Um, but you know, when Chopin wrote that sonata near the end of his life in the eighteen forties. He was the first composer, I think, who really truly discovered 
the, the capability of the singing voice and the natural timbre of the cello as, as a vocal instrument. And of course, the sonatas of Beethoven, even back from, from the 1790s, were seminal in that they, they brought the, the partnership of the instrument, of the two instruments, onto equal footing. Uh, the box suites uh, back from 1720 uh, are, of course, the soul of the cello. However, when Chopin wrote that sonata, he opened the door to the cello becoming the most human, the most naturally vocal of instruments, and in that way, in some ways, I think for me, the most personal sounding instrument in the world, even more so than the violin, uh, because with it, I can I can express myself. It, it, it becomes my own voice, my natural voice in the most natural way. So, so for me, I think also the Chopin Sonata, which I love to play, and when I revisit it, interpretations these days, I recall the sense of discovery that I had for that music and for the voice of the cello through that piece. And so it's it's a go-to cello-piano duo uh, for me in my whole room. I guess it's kind of a relief that you guys both chose the Chopin cello sonata because it would have been a bit awkward if Wuhan said, I love the slow movement of the Chopin and David said, actually, actually, <laughs> I've got a different answer. <laughs> actually, can I tell you? I, let me tell you that Chopin, the cello sonata, also was the first recording we made together on oh. um, as a major repertoire. Yeah. That's how we sort of started our career. So it's a very, very special piece in our mind. Um, Sometimes that slow movement gives me goosebumps when I play. And, well, I don't know about David. I hope so, but anyway. <laughs> very, very, very poignant indeed. I mean, I feel like I could speak about cello sonatas all day, but I, I'm afraid I have to wrap up recording now. But I just wanted to say, David and Wuhan, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts on music in Menlo and the wonderful projects that your alumni are up to. Thanks also for sharing your thoughts on the Chopin cello sonata. Anytime. <laughs> thank you for inviting us. Thank you. That was cellist David Finkel and pianist Wuhan, artistic directors of Music at Menlo, happening from the 14th of July until the 6th of August this year. Right now, you're listening to the aforementioned Largo from Chopin's Cello Sonata in G minor, played by David and Wuhan. Don't forget to head to our website, thestrad.com, to check out the latest news, articles, and reviews on all things to do with string playing. And if you like what you see and hear, register and subscribe to access exclusive archival content from 2010 onward. We've got 50% off an online subscription for students. And if you're not sure you're ready to subscribe, take out a free trial for seven days. Start reading right away with no strings attached. And if you happen to be on Apple Podcasts right now, give us a little review or a rating. Thanks for listening and tune in again soon for another episode. Take good care. Bye.